This is uh, Pastor Omar Adair with the 915 Pastors Roundtable. Today is Monday, March 19th, 2021. And I just wanted to just jump on here on, on my podcast and Facebook Live just to talk to everybody. Uh, let them know uh, I got this new uh, mic and uh, I wanted you to let me know if you can hear me. And uh, it's too loud. But one thing I did notice about this mic is that it picks up every single sound uh, in the house. Uh, and it makes it sound like it's right behind me. Like, so, <clears throat> but anyway, uh, I just wanted to uh, to get online and to share a little bit. I know I wasn't on on Thursday. Uh, I had school. I had class Thursday night. And so um, I'm finishing up my uh, a Christ Christ and culture uh, class, and and it talks about uh, you know, Christ and, and our culture today, our culture kind of like today and, and in the past, and why do some people believe in, uh, in a separation? You know, why do they separate themselves from the world when we're in the world? The scripture says that we should not be part of the world; we should hate everything of the world. And um, you know, back then in, in the times when when the, the scriptures were written, um, a lot of people, you know, were mo- mostly home. Uh, they were group n- close knit groups of people together, and you know, there were uh, not a, a lot of opportunities to find work and employment. Now, uh, two thousand so years later, we we have jobs. We we participate in the culture. We participate in our environment and in our world. And so um, when we uh, when we uh, are out outside of our norm, you know, like if we're not in church or we're not home, then we're out in the community uh, conducting business or working. Uh, and so, so that's what it what is it, what it entails about and entails about uh, just the culture and how. Uh, we separate ourselves from culture when we're when we're Christians. We're not supposed to be partaking in a lot of things, and and some people think that hey, you know, just because we're Christians doesn't mean that we need to stop doing, stop living. Um, so it just depends on how you view your religious walk, your walk with the Lord. It also depends on how you want to um, share your life with Jesus and and how you go about your daily activities. <clears throat> I wanted to um. The last week I started a session on uh, on the Holy Spirit, and uh, so I, I wanted to uh, continue on that. I don't know how long I'll be on that uh, topic, uh, but I, I did write some notes down uh, here lately. Uh, and let me just uh, just pull them up real quick. And um, I wanted to go to uh, Joel chapter 2, Joel, G-O-E-L, Joel chapter 2, and it is I'm trying to find this up. This verse, I'm sorry, I, I moved away from the mic. I have a little small mic, it's right here. And um, 
it, it kind of picks up everything. Um, but I wanted to talk about the uh, the Holy Spirit, and uh, <clears throat> we'll get back to the chapter two of Joel. Uh, I, I forgot I wanted to first um, uh, talk about a few things first. Um, Spirit of Life uh, is one of the, of the titles of the Holy Spirit. Uh, for the law of the Spirit of Life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. That we can be found in Romans 8, chapter 2. Uh, let's go to Romans 8, chapter 2 before we hit Joel. Romans 8, chapter 2. Romans 8, I'm sorry, Romans 8, verse 2. Romans 8, verse 2. And it says here, Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and, and death. So that's what, remember when Jesus left, he said to uh, stand by and wait in, in Jerusalem until uh, the helper comes or the comforter. Or the Holy Spirit, and and when He came, this is what what He did for us. The, when He when the Holy Spirit came, the Holy Spirit of Life is the one of of, of His titles, and, and it says that He made me free, okay, are free from the law of sin and death, and that's the Spirit of Life in Christ Jesus that made you free from sin. And so sometimes, like, I think I talked about this a while back. I'm not sure if it was on uh, Facebook or a podcast, but somewhere in our in our lives, we always talk about forgiveness of sin and how we uh, come up to God and, and we bring, bring our sins to Him. And sometimes we're bringing up uh, past sins, sins from our past. Um, remember, God already forgave those sins, okay? God already forgave the sins on the cross, remember? Uh, we talked about uh, a while back how that uh, Jesus, uh, his 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 main purpose in life was to go to the cross and die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sin. Remember when he was on the cross, he looked down at the people and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Right? Remember that one of the thieves on the cross said, uh, if you are like who you say you are, if you are Jesus, if you are the Christ, well, can you remember me when you go into your kingdom? And Jesus said, from this day forward, you will be with me in paradise. Okay, so, I mean, he didn't really have to do a lot, right? There was no baptism. There was no, he never took communion. He never, he never um, made confession. He didn't get baptized as a child or infant. He didn't get baptized as an adult. He didn't make, he didn't make any of the requirements that churches have uh, for uh, converts or uh, uh, newly uh, walking Christians, right? What he did was he told them that from this day forward, you will be with me in paradise. And, and that's kind of like uh, letting us know that, you know what, we all we really need to do is just believe in, in the Creator. We need to believe in Jesus Christ. And when, when He took our sin upon the cross, He, he now uh, made atonement for us, okay? He died in our place because of the wrath of God. See, if there was no... Jesus to die on the cross, 
then we would be dealing with the wrath of God. And, and I am thankful to, for God that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. So because uh, uh, for the law of the spirit of life, in Christ Jesus, he made me free from the law of sin and death. So am I going to die? Eventually, yes. You know, when? Tomorrow? Tonight? Next week? Ten years from now? I, I can't tell you. Only God knows when he'll take me home. But when I'm going home, I'm not going to have fear of having to think about, will I be in the presence of God or will I be in hell? I know that I pray that, that God will forgive me of my sins and that I will be in before him in his presence. That we, I will be able to confess uh, and, and proclaim him as Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, just like I did here. And that I will be forgiven for my sins, which he has done on the cross for me. And that it brings me in to be in one relationship with God, meaning atonement or atone at one with God. Okay. The Holy Spirit uh, uh, will breathe life into every person who died in Christ at the coming of Christ. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit and dwell and that dwelleth in you. So here, this is Romans chapter 8 again, and we're going to go read to verse, that, that was verse 11, and it, and it tells you the Savior, the Holy Spirit dwells within us, and he that raised Christ from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. That means that when we go up to be with Christ, or when we die, it is a promise that guarantees of the eternal life of those who believe in him. Okay, those who believe in him have the promise of eternal life. Remember, the scripture says in John 3:16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only one and begotten son, and that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, we would have everlasting life. So you have to believe, and if you believe, that means you have faith. And if you have faith, that means you're obedient. You're obedient to the word of God. I wanted to, uh, to talk to you about uh, the Holy Spirit is the enabler that helps you to keep and protect any good thing that God has given you. That good thing which was committed unto thee, kept by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth, is inside of you. Inside of you, he dwells inside of you. That's why uh, we are the body of Christ, because we are small pieces of, of Christ Jesus in separate bodies. And he dwells within, within each one of us. And when we come together, we are called the are known as the church. We don't need, per se, uh, a building uh, to meet in, but what we do need is we need to just be together. Okay? Um, if we look at 1 Timothy 14, I'm sorry, 2 Timothy 14, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy 14. Correction, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. It says, chapter 1, verse 14. I'm just giving people time to get there. Chapter 1, verse 14, it says, Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help 
of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. Okay, <clears throat> Timothy who, uh, was, uh, was was there was Paul was explaining to Timothy who about uh, Paul's he was Paul's young helper. Timothy was right, and soon he would be on his way as a leader of the church in a difficult environment. Although his responsibilities were changing, Timothy was not without help. He had everything he needed to face the future. If he would hold on tightly to the Lord's resources, uh, when you are facing difficulties and transitions, follow Paul's advice that, that he gave to Timothy and look back at your experience, who is the foundation of your faith. How can you build on that foundation? What gifts has the Holy Spirit given you? Use the gifts you have been given. So he's trying to say here, right, that to protect the good thing God has given you, that the good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the keep by the Holy Spirit which dwelleth in, in us. And we need to know that in us is is the is the we have gifts. We have gifts and talents. You know, I I um my, I have I have a gift of teaching the the gospel, the Bible. Uh, I'm a youth pastor, so God has called me out to separate myself from the from among those uh, and to preach His gospel. Um, even though you know, like you know, like every preacher, you know, sometimes we don't feel worthy at the time that He calls us. But when He calls us, He knows what He's doing, and so we're called to preach. We have the uh, the, uh, the gift of tongues, we have the gift of prophecy, we have the gift of evangelism, we have the gift of uh, discernment. Uh, these are all gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so when we have these gifts, right, we need to worship them, we need to honor them, we need to protect those, and we need to use those gifts that He has given us to be able to confront our daily walk in, in this world. Right? Because every, you know, in this world, we we're going to have temptations. In this world, the enemy is roving around to see who can he devour, see who he can devour. That's what the scripture says, right? The scripture tells us that the enemy roams around like a lion, like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour, right? And if we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and we invite him and his Holy Spirit to live and dwell in us, then the Holy Spirit gives us gifts to fight battles. Not in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm. And that's why we have, like in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the whole armor of God. Right? The helmet, the breastplate, the, the, shot, the shoes, uh, the sword, your, your belt. And these are the things that you use to protect yourself and to do battle with, especially the sword, which is the word. And the word, which is your scriptures, your Bible. That's why we need to learn scriptures. We need to, to memorize Bible verses that would help us to defeat to defeat the devil and his demons when they're attacking. <clears throat> you are the, the greatest thing that God ever made. When, when God made man, he said it was very good. And he put man to sleep, and he drew out a woman out of the rib, and he said that it was good. 
in Job, the spirit, it says in Job 33, 4, the spirit of God have made me and the breath of the almighty has given me life. So when, when God made us, as we were born into this world, the breath that we took in was the breath of life. Okay, the spirit of life entered us. Every single one of us, when we're born, we have this breath of life. The breath that's given to us by God Almighty, our creator, the one who knew us. Before he formed us in our mother's womb, he knew us. That's what the scripture says. So he knew that when you was going to be born, that he would breathe life into you. And that life is what carries you on, carries on inside of you today. We breathe day in and day out. That's why when we wake up in the morning, we need to give thanks to God that he woke us up today. That we continue to breathe in his breath. See, <clears throat> uh, it's it's your your body is everything about the design that God did, right? He he designed every part of us. He designed our eyes, our heart, our our arms, our legs, and just how how funny it would be if we wouldn't be if we would be that we would miss one part of our life, our body, right? How we couldn't function, we could not function. So so it says in Psalms one thirty nine fourteen it says that. Uh, uh, for I am fearfully, fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, than that my soul knoweth right well. So your soul knows who made you. What happens is that sometimes we choose different walks of life. We choose a different avenue to, to live our life here on earth. Sometimes we don't follow what God breathed into us. We don't, we don't seek the bread of life. We don't seek the spirit of life. We don't seek God the Father. We don't seek His Son, Jesus Christ. So we live our own life. The Holy Spirit, remember, was involved in the, in the creation of the world. When God spoke, everything came into being. It said that the Spirit of the Lord hovered upon the face of the earth. And when He hovered upon the face of the earth, He created things and things were formed and made. And we believe that the Holy Spirit was involved in the making of the creation of this earth. The Holy Spirit was involved in creating and designing of the temple of Solomon and the patterns of all that he had by the spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord and all the chambers round about of, of the treasury and of the house of God and of the treasuries of the dedicated things. We find that in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 12. That's where we find that. The Holy Spirit was involved in the creation, not only just in the creation, but in forming you in your mother's womb. The Holy Spirit is one that's sent from the new creation on earth. Thou, and it says in Psalms 104, verse 30, it says, Thou sendest forth thy spirit, they are created, and thou renewest the face of the earth. The Holy Spirit appears to be the one who decides the very shape of every animal. By his spirit, he has garnished the heavens. His hands have formed and crooked serpents. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of life that's within you, and it keeps you living and breathing every single moment. The Spirit of God has made, in Job 33, 4, right, it says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty has given me life. He gives life to each and every single one of us, regardless of where we are in the world, regardless of what country, what city, what hospital, the first breath is the first breath of life, and we keep breathing 
that breath of life. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit also is the one who gives you the new life after your second birth, the regeneration. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. We find that in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, he renewed us. That's why we need to like think like Christ, like Christ Jesus. We need to renew our minds and 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 uh, and, and change our, our thinking and our mental thoughts, and we need to clear our hearts. We need to make sure that we seek God and, and what He will instruct us to do in our daily life. Going to work and talking to your friends and dealing with people day in and day out, we have to set an example that we are representatives of the kingdom of God. a couple of things I want you to jot down. I want you to write these down if, if you have a, a pen and paper. Okay. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit worked every, every wrote every word through 40 people sensitive to him over the 1,600 year time period of writing the Bible. He wanted to breathe his life into you. That's number one. He wanted to breathe his life into you. He wanted his energy to be poured out through you. Okay? So the first one was that the, uh, the, the Bible was created, that we carry this around every day. But the Holy Spirit enabled man to write. Enabled man to write. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit enabled man to write the scriptures. And then the scriptures were collected books at a time, letters at a time, put together, and we, today we know it as the canon, and it was now known to us as the Holy Bible. And through all those 1,600 years of time, the Holy Spirit was number one. He wanted to breathe his life into you. He wanted the, his energy to be poured through you. He wanted his wisdom deposited in your heart. That's very important to know that. The Holy Spirit wants to have his wisdom deposited into your heart. He wanted his instincts and nature to be evident and obvious in you. You know how people look at you and say, Man, you're, not, you're different, you're not like everybody else. The person who brought me to, to, the, to the current church that I live in today, uh, uh, he, I, I knew when I first met him that he wasn't like everyone else. He was different. And because of that, I knew and I identified him as a Christian. You see, it's because the inward man that changes gives the outward appearance of the righteousness that we become when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Remember that the Holy Spirit changes the inward man that shows outwardly as we become righteous in Jesus Christ. So that, that last statement that I said, number four, is that he wanted his instincts and nature to be evident and obvious in you. He wanted you to know what he knows. The Holy Spirit was sent to be a guider, a guide, a teacher. And therefore, he wanted you to know things that only he hears 
from God. doesn't hear from anybody else. And that's why the Bible says that don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't upset Him. He wants you to know what He knows. He gets His knowledge from God the Father. And as you read the scriptures, right, you ask God, Father God, help me to understand your word today. Holy Spirit, give me the understanding. Clear my mind, clear my heart so that I can be able to receive your word and understand it. And then put it to use out in the world to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Or when you're being attacked by the enemy, you can use the word to defend your spiritual man. Amen. He wants he wanted you to feel what he feels. He wants you to feel what he feels. The Holy Spirit wants you to feel him. He is a presence within inside of you, and his presence inside of you helps you to get to know him better. The Holy Spirit, he wanted you to see what he is looking at. You know, out in the streets when I see people who are homeless. I, I try to look at them with Jesus' eyes. I try to look at them and say, these are the image bearers of God. God made each one of these individual souls in his image. Why is it that we neglect them? I, I joined a special unit in my department to help the homeless and we try to coordinate with the homeless coalition the gi forum um and other uh services throughout the city of el paso uh, texas to go out and do outreach and try to reach these people to get them off the streets there are people who have no home they need a home there are people who have drug addictions and, and, and alcohol problems they need rehabilitation they need to be counseled and taken care of then there's those who are uh, having mental issues and need to be, you know, uh, assisted and treated so that they can become a better people and, and be able to uh, be able to be uh, in a different environment in our society instead of being out in the street. Amen. So he wanted you to see what he is looking at. The Holy Spirit sees things and he wants you to see what he sees. He wants you to feel what he feels. He wants you to know what he knows. He wants to have you to, he wants you to have the instincts and the nature that is that is evident inside of you to be obvious to those people who are around you, those people who are non-believers. He wants you to show who you are by who is within you. He wants his wisdom to be deposited in your heart that is the word of God. And he wants his energy to be poured out through you. And he wanted his breath of his life into you. It says in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17, the Holy Spirit gave you the word of God as your special weapon, the sword of the Spirit, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Against Satan, his words are his destructive weapons that destroy the things of Satan. And that's what we have to get to really understand that we have power against the enemy of this world. 
We have power against temptation. We have power against sin. We have power by the word of the living God. The power of the Holy Spirit that dwells with each and every single one of us who believes. So if you believe in Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit will come and dwell inside of you and you will be set free of sin and death. Amen. You'll be free of sin and death. Amen. In Luke chapter 4, verse 4, when Satan tempted him, Jesus simply answered with the words of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus answered him saying, it is written. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The Holy Spirit led Jesus into the place where he would be tempted, then gave him the weaponry of the word of God to use against Satan. And Satan was defeated and angels came to minister to him. So you see, Satan reacts instantly to any words of the Holy Spirit that you believe, embrace, and stand on in total faith. Let's repeat that again. The Holy Spirit, okay, helps you in your belief that when you embrace and you have to stand on the word of God in total faith because Satan cannot bear it. Satan reacts instantly to any words of the Holy Spirit that you believe, embrace, and stand on in total faith. The Holy Spirit also, he, um, anticipates your warfare. He understands the battle. It matters to him if you're winning if uh, it matters to him if you are winning or losing. Your winning is on his mind all the time. So with the Holy Spirit you cannot lose. He truly has not left you comfortless and he has put his weapon in your hand and in your mouth and in your life. So treasure his words today. The word of God is the weapon Satan cannot withstand. Amen. But that's all I have for today. And I just wanted to just get on here and, and, and try this new mic out, this new headset. Um, and uh, give you a, a, a short message on the Holy Spirit again that we're talking about. The Holy Spirit. Uh and remember, you know, it's it's the power of the Holy Spirit. People only think about God and and Jesus Christ, right? Which is is great, right? But Jesus said that He's going to send someone to help guide us and lead us, protect us, and teach us. And re, He will help remind us what the Scriptures say when we are in a battle. And when we're in a battle, we need to seek the Holy Spirit's help in order to fight. Satan, the enemy, and his angels, and his dark angels. Amen. Spiritual warfare, brothers and sisters. It's a spiritual warfare out there. As you see in, in, in all our cities in, in this past year, between COVID and protests, uh, between the shootings that we're seeing at malls and jobs and uh, schools, uh, uh, things like that, uh, the enemy is running around rapid. And we need to be in, in prayer, brothers and sisters. We need to be in prayer. We need to let the, know, let the enemy know that he is a defeated foe. Amen? Amen. Well, thank you.
Uh, let's go to close out in, in a quick prayer. Amen. Father God, we just come before you. We thank you. We thank you, Father, because you have given us your son, Jesus Christ, who died for us on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, who made us at one with you, the atonement. He took our place and took the wrath for us and for our sins. And Father, today we ask the, that the Holy Spirit be dwelled in each one of us and the Holy Spirit continues to work in us and shows us you, the Father, through your word. And we pray that each one of us, Father God, will not grieve the Holy Spirit and will honor him and protect him as he protects us against the enemy, Satan and his dark angels. We thank you for this day and for this time that we have with each one. Father, we ask that you bless each one who are listening to the sound of my voice. In Jesus Christ, we name, in his name, amen. Well, thank you for tuning in uh, on this uh, Monday. I know it's not Thursday, uh, but thank you for tuning in and thank you for checking me out. And uh, thank you for uh, just uh, uh, checking in with us. And uh, see you on Thursday at 7 p.m. We'll talk more about the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. This is Pastor Omar Rivera with the 915 Pastors Roundtable. Uh, if you're on Facebook, check me out on Buzzsprout. Just type in 915 Pastors Roundtable. Uh, appreciate all your support. God bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.